0: Welcome to Life, Death and Cookies. I'm Char Tanner.
1: I'm Oliver Tanner.
0: And I'd like to welcome Oliver back. The past two episodes I did on my own. It's good to have you back because it's, I think conversations are a lot better
1: than me just rambling on. So if you're uh, watching video today, you might notice I got this awesome hat on. I I went to a little flea market in town a little while ago. I wanted a Kansas City, uh, you know, We're in Kansas city now. I wanted something that was Kansas city, but like everything is either branded for Kansas city chiefs or Kansas city Royals. And I mean, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate from people around here, but I really don't care about either one. Uh, I don't, I don't watch sports sports at all. Yeah. You know? And so I wanted something that was Kansas city, but not sports. And so I found this awesome hat. Uh, awesome in air quotes, uh, at this flea market. So it says, across the back it says Kansas City. On the bill it says Kansas City. Across the front, Kansas City. Right over the Kansas City on the front, it says Kansas City. And then below Kansas City, it says City. So just in case anybody is confused about, uh, you know, what this hat is promoting it. Well it's Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas City, City. So yes, this is my So you wanted a Kansas
0: City hat and you got all
1: I got the ultra Kansas City hat. <laughs> you know, like you said, I was gone uh for two episodes. Um I I was actually physically gone for two weeks and uh I was gone for two weeks uh because I left to go back to California for a funeral um, of my wrestling coach from high school. Um, to some people that might seem like, okay, so here's your coach. What's the big deal? Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today, or m- mainly I'm going to talk about today, Yeah. Is um, Why I spent two weeks uh, driving, actually more than halfway across the country and back, Um, we don't really have a lot of money. I didn't have the money to fly out there. I didn't have the money to necessarily just drive out there and back. And so what I did was um, I drove out to uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, I stayed there and I did Uber Eats deliveries uh, for like a day, you know, to earn the money to pay for the trip thus far. I, I went on to Salt Lake City, stopped and worked, went to Reno, stopped and worked, the plan was to go to California, stop and work in the Sacramento area, but uh, California has some I guess different laws, regulations, a bunch of dumb nonsense. It's California. Yeah. I mean, California is dumb nonsense. The point is, I couldn't drive in California. Uh, I was not allowed to drive Uber Eats. Uh, so then, you know, uh, I, I had two days that I was in California. One day, just kind of getting there, getting checked into uh, my hotel. Uh, And then the next day was the actual funeral. And uh, so attending the funeral and then finishing up. You know, I had a few things to do in California, a few places to visit, stuff like that. Getting out of there. um, Yeah, and and the hotel uh, that I stayed in in California, that was actually the only hotel I stayed in the whole trip. Every night I slept in the car. Um, So it was uh, an interesting, Uh, trip, and so then you know went back to Reno, worked again, drove to Salt Lake, worked some more, uh, drove to Denver, worked some more, and eventually finally got home. Uh, So yeah it was it was about two weeks. It was not uh, really party time at all. Um, I was, you know, eating on a budget, traveling on a budget, sleeping in the car and uh getting to know the showers at truck stops uh which i had never used before until this trip and i gotta say some of those showers pretty darn nice (laughs) i was really surprised uh first time in my life i've ever actually used one of those rain showers where like the head was like set into the ceiling and i was like oh wow i was like Dude, really? a truck stop? All right, whatever. So, anyway, yeah. Uh, I think from now on, we might just do all of our showers at truck stops. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, you know, so my coach, my wrestling coach, was named Mer... Well, he, he is still named. Uh, Merlin Cold. And, uh, I mean, so before we get into stories, I just got to say... Uh, what more awesome name for a wrestler could there be than merlin i mean it's just magic yeah. you know what i 'm saying uh and so he uh he was a wrestler in, in when he was in high school he wrestled he uh played football uh he wrestled i think at University of pacific in california um he uh it was shortly after he finished with college, I believe, that he came in. He uh, coached um, at my high school, at Bear Creek High School in Stockton, uh, California. And he was my wrestling coach. What? Uh, I was able to wrestle for two years in high school. You know, apart from that, he uh, went and he got a lot of experience working on oil uh, rigs and stuff like that. And actually, he was a person who... Uh, He got really good at that. Like, so good that people would come to him and ask him, Hey, can you please come and help our guys out? He was a site supervisor, he did. And even when he died... um, So he died in a car accident on September 11th, uh, when he was out working, I believe, in Winnemucca, Nevada. Mm. Uh, So he was out on a job working... There was a car accident, and uh, unfortunately, he was killed. Uh-huh. Um, but apart from that, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I learned about him at his funeral. Um, apparently, he was, like, enthralled with and absolutely loved fishing his whole life. Like, that was his real passion was fishing. And so I was able to see kind of through Facebook and, uh, you know, I lost contact with him after high school, found him again on Facebook and kind of kept in contact with him through the years with that. And so I kind of saw through Facebook, that process of him moving to Bodega Bay in California. He started, you know, uh, with, he bought a fishing vessel. He went through all the hoops and jumps and everything. And he became an actual uh legal licensed uh captain okay um he had a boat i believe it was called the miss anita and there was uh one point where uh, he had so he ran fishing charters out of bodega bay right and there was one point that he received a commendation from the coast guard uh, because his boat Uh, something went wrong. I think they were taken on water uh, and they were kind of a bit of a ways out. It was a really dangerous situation and he managed to get his boat back in. He ran his boat aground and saved everybody on board. Uh, And so the Coast Guard uh, gave him a commendation for that. You know, he sacrificed his boat, saved everybody on board. And uh, then later on, he was able to get Another boat that he called the Real Magic, um, which, you know, of course, with his name, is a perfect name. And I think that's why he chose the name, you know, Uh uh, because Captain Merlin, the Real Magic, you know, it's just perfect. He uh, was a big influence in my life, even though I really only had close contact with him uh for two years um during high school and i talk uh, about uh, those two years in my first book you know i've, I've written three memoirs um, and actually it was also during this trip the third memoir uh went live on amazon
0: Yay! Yeah.
1: So, you know, I don't know, I wasn't the, it wasn't like the best timing for me to be like, oh yeah, hey, all right, fantastic, my book just published. You know, the first book covers that period of time in my life. But really, uh, even though I only talk explicitly about him in that first book, uh, his influence really has, uh, really does last throughout the whole thing.
0: Well,
1: your life. Well, yeah, my whole life.
0: You talked about the things you've learned from him. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about
1: it uh, today. Yes. And he was, um, you know, if I were to make a list of the top 10 most influential people in my life who have helped to shape and build me uh, in positive ways, um, he would easily be in the top 10 and uh, he'd probably be somewhere in the top five. Uh, So, you know, just two years of high school, but uh, the impact was a lot more than that. And so, to kind of try and share a little bit of who he was to me, what he meant to me, why he uh, meant so much to me, I thought about this a lot on my trip. I was alone for two weeks and I had a lot of time to think. Uh, And so I thought, you know what? I think that there are four stories to tell. Uh, I don't think either any of these stories are, no, one of the stories is in my first book. Um, But I got four stories to tell and then I'm going to talk about some of the things that I learned from it. So the first story I'm going to tell is the story of my first varsity match. I was interested in wrestling my freshman year of high school. I grew up playing soccer. It was kind of, that was the thing. Uh, every, you know, My oldest brother, he played soccer, and he was really good. Uh-huh. Uh, like, my understanding is that he carried his uh, school to the state tournament and basically won the state tournament for them. I don't know he was really really good uh extraordinarily good soccer player and uh i don't know if he would ever say it or admit it i personally think he probably could have gone pro but he did have some injuries and jacked up his knees pretty bad and unfortunately that kind of ended you know soccer as a real serious pursuit yeah. for him uh and so you know with with him, uh, and soccer, and then everybody else kind of played. My dad had coached soccer at some point. He coached my oldest brother's team. Right. And so my parents kind of had this rule that you had to play some sport. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I played soccer those first two years and I wanted to wrestle, but my parents wouldn't let me wrestle. My parents were not what one might call supportive parents. Uh, In fact, so all I ever heard from my parents was that I was stupid, that I was worthless, that I was weak, that I was a little wuss, uh, all of this kind of stuff. And any time that I even tried to entertain the thought of wrestling, I was quickly laughed and uh, mocked and teased down and told, you know, that I was too weak and too, you know, everything else.
0: I mean, this isn't what you're talking about. So I don't even know this. What made you interested in wrestling then?
1: I don't know what it was. I think uh, part of it was... In a, in a, I think part of it was trying to prove that I wasn't a wuss, the, the wuss yeah. a weakling. Okay. Uh, you know, all these things that people were telling me that I was. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily trying to prove to anybody else, but prove to myself You know, Uh and well, and I don't know, there was just something about wrestling that I really, that really appealed to me. I, I really liked the individual nature of it. I had never done an individual sport. Soccer is very much a team sport and it helped, uh, the teams that I was on, uh, in high school, they sucked. Okay. We never won anything. Uh Like, we might have won one or two games. Anyway, uh, I really wanted to get into wrestling. Uh, I had another friend in high school who was also kind of interested in wrestling. Um, That might have helped as well. Uh Um, But anyway, uh, I figured out my parents' game in high school. And so my junior year, I just didn't go try out for the soccer team. I was like, oh, okay, so you're not gonna let me wrestle, but I'm doing soccer, so I'm doing your stupid, you have to play a sport requirement. So, you know, soccer is in the fall, wrestling is in the winter, uh-huh. and so I just didn't try out for the soccer team. So, if I was gonna do a sport, Yeah. Wrestling was it, and so my parents kind of uh, begrudgingly relented. Anyway, we're getting caught in the weeds here. Let's get back on track. So." First story is my first varsity match. So I started wrestling really as a junior in high school. Okay. Now most everybody else on the team had started as a freshman. So I was two years behind everybody. I'm coming in, you know, older than most of the people on the team. And uh, I don't really know anything. And so, you know, of course... Uh, the best I could hope for was a spot on the JV team. And the way that wrestling works is there's only one spot on the varsity team or the JV team uh, per weight class. Oh. Okay. So um, you wrestle uh, within the wrestling team. You wrestle for your spot on the team. Oh. So you, if you're going to be on the varsity team, you have to beat the varsity wrestler. If you want to be on the JV team, you have to beat whoever's in the JV spot. Otherwise, you're on the team, but you're not going to wrestle at a match. You're
0: mainly a bitch warmer.
1: Yeah. You're basically, you know, working to try and get good enough to get onto one of the two teams. Interesting. And so, you know, there are some tournaments. There are a few tournaments where everybody gets to go and wrestle um, for you know, JV team or for the extras, you know, everybody gets a chance to wrestle at tournaments. Tournaments are a big thing in wrestling. It's not just matches against uh, other schools, Uh, although that's a big deal as well. And uh, so my first year, I'm on the JV team uh, because I'm new and I don't really know anything. I was wrestling the 145-pound weight class, and, um, you know, I was there to prove something to uh, myself and whoever else and all the people who kept telling me that I was you know a weak little uh, piss act basically. So there was a tournament uh, one weekend and uh, I asked coach Kolb, uh, you know I said, hey can I come along to the tournament and just observe?" yeah and i go you know and if an opportunity comes up for me to wrestle then you know that would be great i'd love that you know something could happen you never know and so he was like yeah okay tanner sure and and he did he called uh everybody for the most part by the last name okay so he's like, okay tanner sure come on up with us and so i was like okay cool and so i think he knew that i was a person who was hungry
0: Mm -hmm. right
1: he knew that I was looking uh, to get better. He knew that I wanted something. And while we were there, it just so happened that our uh, varsity 145 pounder, uh, something happened and he was feeling kind of sick. And so um, we were, uh, so he had a match coming up. And my coach comes to me and he's like, okay, Tanner, you're in. And I was like, really? Seriously? He's like, yeah. As of right now, you're our varsity wrestler for this match. Had you ever done JV? Oh, I'd wrestled a few JV matches. Okay. um, And I'd I'd won some JV matches. Um, I definitely wasn't the best wrestler. This is my first year wrestling. Yeah. Everything was new to me. Uh, We were going in there, and we were actually going against his high school. He went to Lodi High School. Oh. um, And so we were going up against his high school. And uh, I heard some things about the guy that I was gonna be wrestling and heard that he was pretty good. And I, and I had heard that there were some dirty tricks that were sometimes employed. Uh, one of those tricks, uh, so <laughs> I apologize for any sensitive ears, but uh, one of those dirty tricks is sometimes guys would like grab your nuts and like squeeze. And all it does is it just creates pain. Uh Right. It's a dirty trick. It, it just causes pain and it's intended to break a person's concentration Uh and to, uh, make them give in. Right. And I, so we go in and I went in there and I was already like, okay, this is my chance. I can't blow this. I've got to go in there and I'm, you know, all bets are off the table. I'm going in there, uh, full speed and uh, yeah I was I was ready to go in and prove something right and I believe that this guy actually pulled this trick on me if I'm remembering correctly I think he actually pulled this trick on me in the match and uh, you know so I go in there and I'm just kind of wrestling like I normally did and then as soon as he did that I was just like uh, like you see the cartoons where like there's a little explosion. In the eyes. And yeah. and then it's like, you know, the person goes berserk. Well, that was kind of me. And I was like, oh, no, he didn't. And, uh, yeah, I just, I went nuts. And there was one point where it, I was on my back, he was on top of me, and I literally, like, bench-pressed him off of me and threw him uh, off of me. Uh, I got, like, this burst of uh, strength I I got up and... I ragdolled that kid, uh, and I won the match, absolutely, uh, tore it up, and I'm not saying that what I was doing was, like, good, skilled wrestling, okay, it was, it was more crazy than kung fu, okay. right, but, uh, but I had crazy, and I knew how to use it, uh-huh. okay, and, um, and i used it and then afterwards uh we were in the bus on the way home and uh so coach called he was like he was like you know talking about uh, all the different matches and everybody's all and hey, did you guys see Tanner out there it was like he had fire in his eyes and so then that was the uh match uh that earned me a spot on the varsity I was on the varsity team after that oh permanently Um, you
0: kicked the other guy out
1: he he never challenged me for the spot after that (laughs) so I don't know if it was out of okay I don't really want it or if it was I don't want to wrestle him (laughs) I I don't know what it was but I had the varsity uh, spot after that that match uh, you know there in the van coach dubbed me uh fire in his eyes and that was his new nickname for me and that was what he called me um actually pretty frequently after that uh and you know fire in his eyes mr fire in his eyes whatever uh you know he wouldn't like call across the room hey fire in his eyes can you uh, come help me uh clean up this mat or whatever it was you know he still called me Tanner but that was his that was his nickname for me and it was a nickname that uh he actually continued to use uh with me even like years later when I contacted him again on Facebook and you know I there I've had a number of difficult times and times um when I've kind of shared my difficult times, you know, on Facebook and stuff like that. And one of the things about Coach Cold is he was always supportive. And he was always that coach. And, you know, when things would get tough, he'd say... He'd say, come on, Tanner. You can do it. Keep pushing. Don't give up. And and he still called me fire in his eyes. He's all... And, um, you know, I, I get it. It sounds cheesy. It sounds corny. Uh, fire in his eyes. Ooh, you know, whatever. And I, and I got some teasing from my teammates and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and they had their own nickname that I won't repeat here. Um, anyway, uh, you know, basically making fun of it, but, it meant something to me because nobody to me it was i mean it was a thing that came from something that i achieved it came from something it was based on an experience where i went out and i did something and i proved myself and he recognized it that was not a thing that happened in my life yeah people did not say nice things about me what i heard about me was that i was a wuss that i was an idiot that i could never do anything that i was weak and uh he was uh the person who saw something different right and so uh so yeah sorry so it meant something to me anyway so let's move on to the second story, sorry I'm getting all if you can't tell that this man meant a lot to me not paying attention so anyway um let's i'm gonna move on to the next story the second story because we don't have all day we need to move on through these is uh i had a match uh in high school where i had to wrestle a girl right we were at a tournament and uh there are girls in wrestling every once in a while. We had a couple girls on our team. At 145 pounds, you usually don't see girls. There were there was one time when I saw a girl at 145, that was this match. And then there was another tournament where I saw a girl at 160 pounds. Um, that, those are the highest weight classes I ever saw a girl wrestle at, right? And the tournament where there was a girl wrestling at 160 pounds, um that girl was built like a freaking tank, and she was taking out dudes and taking them out hard uh, so i 'm glad i didn 't have to wrestle her okay uh, she She was doing really good, and so you know uh and that 's one of the things I love about wrestling is it doesn 't matter if you 're a boy doesn 't matter if you 're a girl right D- nothing matters other than what you're gonna do on the mat. It's, can you cut it? Can you do it? If so, prove it. And that's all there is to it. And at this tournament, this girl that I had to wrestle, um, she was beating guys. And uh, she and I, I believe we both tied for fourth place at this uh, tournament. Uh, so, she had to beat some guys to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, we're coming up on this, and um, of course, <sighs> leading up to this match, everybody starts going, oh my gosh, Tanner, you're going to wrestle girl? Oh my gosh, Tanner, you're going to wrestle girl? You're going to wrestle girl? And all, I mean, imagine the inappropriate comments mm-hmm. that teenage boys are going to make. Yes, you're correct. Uh, so... Yeah, there were all kinds of comments and, you know, people suggesting things and and me going through this going, uh, how do I wrestle a girl? I I don't want to, like, grab her anywhere that I shouldn't be grabbing. And I I just felt really weird and Uh uncomfortable about it. And um, I'd never wrestled a girl. I'd never even held a girl's hand, okay? So <laughs> getting that up close and personal with a girl was a little intimidating for me. And so my coach, he uh, took me aside and uh, he said two things to motivate me. The first one is kind of a little tongue-in-cheek. Uh, he's all, all right, look, Tanner, here's the deal you lose to her you know exactly what we're going to be talking about for the next 10 years right and I was like okay got it yes I know uh but the second thing was actually uh the more important thing and he he sat down with me he's all all right Tanner look um no double standards she fought her way to get here and she's been uh showing up and giving her best to beat guys No double standards. You treat her just like you would treat any other wrestler because that's how she's going to treat you. You just go in and forget that she's a girl, okay, and just wrestle. That's all you're here to do. Just wrestle. And, uh, you know, that no double standards. Treat everything the same. And so I did. I went in. I wrestled her. There were a couple of awkward uh, moments Uh in there um so we were kind of starting um i think it was a second period of the match so wrestling matches are made up of three two-minute periods okay you wrestle for two minutes the ref stops you and then uh you know generally there's a flip of a coin and um whatever color comes up that wrestler gets to choose either neutral Top or bottom. And so, bottom, you're on your hands, knees, top, you're on top with your hand on their elbow and then the other hand on their belly button, right? And so, um, I got to choose. Uh, I chose top, okay? And so I'm behind her with my hand. And, and what I tried to do is I tried to reach under, grab her wrist and uh, pull it under. So it's like a table with three legs, right? Uh One leg falls down and the whole table tips, right? And I was trying to get her to tip forward and then use that momentum with her arm to pull her through and then roll her over onto her back so I could cinch it up and get the pin. So this girl happened to be very well endowed. Um, And I tried reaching across and something got in the way of my hand. Uh, and I tried a couple times and finally, I think like the third or fourth time I, I got her wrist and I completed the move. I wasn't trying to do anything, but look, things happen. It's a wrestling match. And you know, I just had the adrenaline pumping through my head. I'm just trying to win, mm-hmm. you know? And of course, after the match, I got more of the inappropriate remarks and, uh, stuff like that from teammates, whatever. They're teenage boys. Uh, so, uh, which doesn't make it okay. Okay, look, I know we live, but they are teenage boys and they're going to make it inappropriate remarks. Go hang around some teenage boys, uh, for a while and when they're just hanging out and you'll probably hear them. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, I did win the match, I beat her, but, you know, it kind of taught me that... Whatever it is that you're approaching in life, uh, whatever your opponent is, no double standards right if somebody if you're in some kind of a contest with somebody, whoever it is, if they're willing to step on that mat with you and if they've earned their spot to be there, it you show them respect right yeah and I do I have nothing but the deepest respect for everybody I wrestle, right and you show them respect by giving everything you've got every time you don't hold back uh you don't uh, make exceptions and so i did i held nothing back and i went in and i won that match so the third story uh that we'll talk about was uh the story of when i so in my career my wrestling career so to speak um I only earned one medal at the tournament. And um, nowhere near as many as some of my other teammates who had a lot more experience, um, a lot more skill. Uh, like I said, I wasn't the most skilled wrestler, okay? I had a lot to learn. I really could have used those two other years. Yeah. But, you know, making varsity my first year, I can only imagine where I could have gone had I had those other two years. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, so we went to a tournament. This was my senior year, right? So I have one year of wrestling under my belt now. Uh, We go to a tournament, it's kind of towards the beginning of the season. And when you go to tournaments, your team still stay, you know, high schools come as teams yeah right and a lot of times high schools will go and sometimes they'll have like an extra wrestler or something like that and some of these extra people uh they kind of get grouped together to create uh, another team that's not really uh it's just made up of wrestlers from lots of different high schools and they call it the all-star team and the all-star team is kind of a misnomer um it's It's almost like uh, uh, making fun of the wrestlers because Uh the all-stars are typically not the all-stars. Yeah. It's, you know, kind of, oh, yeah, you're you're on the all-star team. Hey, good job. And so I got put on the all-star team. And I was not very happy about it. But, you know, I wasn't going to go and mope. I was like, okay, you know what? Fine. You want to put me on the all-star team? Fine. Game on okay and so I went out there and um I think my first match I won in like 20 seconds or something like that I I was just kind of pissed off and uh you know that fire in my eyes whatever you know and um I went I think I got him in what's called a Saturday night ride um I'm not going to describe it here if you know what it is uh It's a glorious move. (laughs) Anyway, pinned that guy pretty quick. And then I went on to my next match. Next match, I went in, and uh, this one was, you know, again, I was just there, and I was ready to destroy, and I was ready to fight. And this match, I had the guy in a three-quarter Nelson And I was trying to cinch it in and uh, pull him over to where, you know, you kind of get him. um, You don't understand what three-quarter Nelson is. Anyway, you got to twist him a little bit, get his back exposed, pin him. He was resisting a lot. And I was just kind of of the mind. I was like, oh, no, you're not. And by this time, I was wrestling, I don't remember if it was 150s or 162s, but I wasn't 145 anymore. Uh I had uh, actually gained a lot of muscle weight over the summer Uh, i grew a lot in high school Uh i went from freshman year five foot nothing barely 100 pounds to senior year six feet tall and uh you know 160 175 pounds Uh so i changed a lot in high school anyway he was not wanting to turn i was like you know what I don't care if you want to go, you're going. And so I pulled, and I just cinched it in real tight, and I hear three audible pops, pop, pop, pop. And uh, after I hear that, then he he, he folded. I, I, I didn't actually fold him in half, okay, but he, he folded as in uh, I, he let me pin him immediately. Uh-huh. And so I pulled it in, I got the pin, ref pounds the mat, And I let go, and he uh, slumped over immediately and started grabbing his side and groaning. So I think I broke three of his ribs. Uh, I felt a little bit bad afterwards, Uh, but uh, at the same time, I was kind of like, you know what, this is wrestling. You're gonna step on the mat, you might get hurt. Sorry, dude. Uh, And I I was there, you know, and I had that fire in my eyes all day long uh i did eventually uh lose that day um and i didn't even know where i was in the tournament and it wasn't until the end of the day we're on the bus so the coach is on the bus he's handing out medals and some of these guys you know it's like hey and alan another gold medal you know it's like okay yeah alan of course he always gets a gold medal right um and or whoever it was, you know. And so, uh, you know, he's handing out the medals. And then he goes, and for the all-star of the all-star team, Mr. Fired, it's all over Tanner And I won a bronze medal, right? And I didn't even know it. So I got third place in that tournament. And it was like the best moment of my wrestling. Uh, I mean, look, any time you win a match, when when the ref raises your hand at the end of the match, there's no greater feeling. I mean, it's not the same as winning a soccer game
0: Uh or
1: any other kind of a team sport, you know? um, When you win a wrestling match, because it's everything that you have and everything that somebody else has, and it's an absolute battle of, I'm throwing everything that is me against you, you're throwing everything against me, and when you win that contest, uh, there's nothing like it. But, you know, to have that, uh, moment that was it was uh, one of my finest moments and then uh, when I got home kind of one of my it led to one of my one of those high points when I was a teenager with my parents and it's kind of sick that this is a high point but I got home from that tournament you know I'm in the kitchen trying to get something to drink or something I don't know and my dad walks in the room and he sees me there and I still got my warm-up suit on and my singlets kind of you know top of my singlets hanging out the side as it does you know and and uh he's oh huh, well how, how about you get your butt kicked today huh and so I just held up my bet my medal and I was like well bad enough to get this and then I just walked out of the room and he just stood there with a stupid expression on his face And I was just like, finally shut him up, you know, (laughs) Uh, and it felt so good to just shut him up and, uh, you know, yeah, it was good. It's too bad that that has to be the thing that's good. Um, Anyway, uh, so fourth uh, story that I want to talk about, and this is one that I talk about in my book in a little bit more detail um so i don't remember what the conflict was but there was a time when uh there was a tournament scheduled uh for a weekend uh i was expected as the varsity wrestler to be at all the tournaments yeah and i wanted to be at all the tournaments uh but there was a conflict with something uh church-wise it was scheduled for that saturday as well
0: uh-huh.
1: and i was like you know i don't know which one I, I i wanted to do the church thing but i wanted to be there for my team and i had heard all of these stories from other people about times when church conflicts with sports right and i'm sure you've probably heard the stories too yeah. where you know the coach goes well look you know what your priority is to the team you need to show loyalty to the team and and you're here for the team yeah sport comes first and you know people having these confrontations with their coaches where they got to like stand up for their religion and well i am standing up for what i believe in Uh right and so i'm like okay great so am i gonna have to have one of these moments here Uh and um so I went and it was after practice I went to coach Colb and I was like hey coach um so there's a thing on Saturday it's kind of a conflict I I mean I guess I don't have to go to it but I'd kind of like to and I'm I don't want to let the team down and I don't I'm not sure what you want what you want me to do about it and he just kind of looked at me and he he didn't even and before i could even finish explaining you know i'm in the middle of trying to explain this thing away and trying to figure Uh out what to say about it and he he just stops me he's all tanner god always comes first do your church thing your spot on the team is secure And just, I mean, he he looked at me like it was ridiculous that I should even think to do anything other than put God first. And this was, this is another one of those things. This is who he was. He was a person who did put God first. Now, he wasn't the same religion as me. I don't know that he even knew what religion I was, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it didn't matter. Uh, The only thing that mattered was you put God first and it wasn't, well, uh, I don't know, let's balance this with the needs of the team and you need to show your devotion to the sport. He knew my devotion to the sport. He knew my devotion to the team, but my devotion to God was more important. Uh, And, The immediacy and the readiness with which he said that, uh, I mean, in a way, it almost kind of made me ashamed that I wasn't that person who automatically said, you know what? God comes first. Sorry. You know, and I was kind of waffling. And he helped me to see a good example of somebody who really said, you know what? God comes first. Do what's right and then deal with things after God comes first. And that's something that I've held to ever since that experience. And I've always remembered it. So things that I learned from wrestling and from Coach Kolb specifically. um, Toughness is one of those main themes. Um, One of those things about wrestling is we would get pushed to our limits and past our limits. You might think that you can't run anymore. You might think that you're tired. You might think, oh, I can't do anymore. I'm all worn out. And you're wrong. Okay? Uh, that 90% of the time, when you think you've hit your limit, you're wrong. Because, and this is kind of one of the things that I learned in wrestling, because we would get pushed up to that point where we like, coach, I'm dead. I can't do it anymore. And there was a phrase that uh, we learned and uh that we used in practice okay when we would be uh asked to do things you know we're all dead at the end of practice end of practice after we've been giving 100 percent for two hours uh we would cool down with things like 800 jumping jacks um 200 push-ups 300 sit-ups That's our cool down, right? And, uh, we would, uh, a lot of times do them together, uh, and. People would get tired. People would want to collapse. And what you do when you feel like you're going to collapse is, uh, he would yell at us. He'd kick our butts and he'd say, no, you're not quitting. Keep going. And your response is I can do it coach. I can do it, coach. Uh, and so, and then you you come to that limit and then you go further. And then when you go further, then you realize, oh, that wasn't my limit. Oh, my limits are actually further than I thought they were. Oh, I can actually do more than I thought I could. And uh, so, you know, it, it was... It's the ability, toughness, the way I look at it, is the ability to take uh, punishment, take uh, pain, and go to your limit and get up and keep going and push past your limit and keep expanding your limits and the ability to keep going and keep going and keep going uh, no matter what. and yeah, they demanded everything from us, and we gave everything that we had to them. Uh, my well, Coach Kolb and uh, I've been neglecting to talk about Coach Eckroth. So Larry Eckroth was the assistant coach, and Larry Eckroth was just as much a part of all of this as Coach Kolb. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was I was able to see uh, Coach Eckroth at oh. the funeral, and uh, it was only a moment, but it, it was enough. And It was was really great to be able to see him. And and I remain in contact with him on Facebook uh, still. Um, So another thing I learned from him. um, So kind of relate to all that pushing and being demanding of others. While also being full of love for uh, them. Right. And so my parents kicked my butt. But there wasn't love coming from my parents. There was denigration, there was mocking, there was insults, there was uh, just belittling and you're stupid, you're worthless, you're never going to achieve anything, you're never going to do anything, you're never going to be anything. This is what I got from my parents. Mm -hmm. My coach kicked my butt. And but he believed in me. He we would do ridiculous exercises. Like, I'd put a 215-pound dude on my back and skip across the room and go back and forth skipping across the room with a 250-pound guy on my back. That's super fun. No, it's not. Um, You know, um, and they demand... Like I said, they demanded everything to us, but they gave everything right back to us. And when we would get stuck doing push-ups... He would get down and he would do push-ups with us if he asked something from us he would be willing to give everything that we were giving he'd get down and he'd wrestle with us he would work with us he'd do the push-ups he'd do the sips he would do everything that we did and he'd push just as hard as we would um self-discipline and determination uh and that's summed up in a phrase that i heard Uh, shouted from them uh, over and over and over how bad do you want it? Right? Um, And it's something that you have to decide. And, you know, like, I, so there was a time a couple years ago when I lost 150 pounds over, like, about a year and a half. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, My knees are jacked, so it wasn't, like, through exercise. It was all through... Diet, right? And I've had a lot of people ask me, "Well, how in the world did you lose 150 pounds?" I mean, that's a lot of weight. Mm. And um, the only answer, really, is I decided that I was going to do it. Yeah. I decided that I wanted it, and so I did it. And really, it that it comes down to that. It's that self uh, discipline. When you decide that you want something bad enough then you'll do it if you're not doing it it's because you clearly don't want it enough and so you know when you're coming up against that wall when you're coming up against that thing that's really difficult to do you have to ask yourself how bad do you want it what are you willing to do to uh achieve it how hard are you willing to fight what are you willing to do what are you willing to sacrifice How bad do you want it? Because if you want it enough, you will push yourself uh, to your absolute limits. You won't push yourself till you're tired and then go, Oh, I'm tired. I've tried. Oh, but I'm tired. I can't do anymore. Okay? Um, And this is, you know, part of that pushing yourself to your limits. Um, And all of that together also led to the development of integrity okay and integrity is a thing that's really big and really important to me and this is all part of that fire in his eyes thing you know um mm-hmm. i i heard other uh, parents of other players uh some of these parents were uh guys who wrestled when they were younger mm-hmm. right and they were they would say you know Oliver he's not uh the most uh technical wrestler he's not the most skilled wrestler he makes a lot of fundamental mistakes but nobody wrestles with more heart than he does nobody goes out and wrestles like he does Uh and it was that thing you know early on in my uh, time wrestling I would lose a match and you sit down and you think about it and losing a match can be devastating like you don't even know Uh, just like I mean, make you feel like absolute crap, right? And I thought about it. What is it that makes me feel so bad after losing a match? And it isn't losing the match, that isn't the thing that's devastating. The thing that's devastating is coming to the realization and knowing that you didn't, that you gave up. You could have done more, you could have pushed harder, and you didn't because you got tired, because you, uh, you know, you were like, well, I tried, and, and, you know, I'm a person, I don't like excuses, okay, and part of that is, because an excuse, you know, I could give all kinds of excuses at the end of a match, I could go, oh, well, you know, it's just that, well, see, the thing was, but if I didn't give 100%, then I knew it, And the excuse was nothing but a bunch of bull crap that I was repeating just to try to make myself feel better. But at the end of the day, I still had to live with myself. And I knew when I didn't give 100%. And so the only remedy to help me live with myself after a match, the only remedy to help me to be okay with, you know, I wrestled guys who won state tournaments way more skilled than I was. I wrestled guys who were far stronger than I was. There were some guys who, you know, uh, a lot of wrestlers are short. Uh-huh. They have a lot less bone mass, which means that in the weight range, they can pack on more muscle mass, yeah. right? yeah. And some of these guys are short and stocky, and they are just bulging muscles everywhere, right? And uh, I was... You know, senior year, I was six feet tall. That's tall for a wrestler. Uh And uh, so, you know, some guys that I wrestled were clearly stronger than I was. Some guys who I wrestled were clearly more skilled than I was. And I didn't win all my matches. And so how did I live with myself after a loss? Uh, And the only way that I knew to live with myself was to go out there and be that Mr. Fire in his eyes and everything out there give it everything that I had and I knew what a hundred percent was and I knew when I didn't give a hundred percent and uh, that's why I you know I didn't have the best record uh, as far as wins losses all that stuff but I am proud of my time wrestling and I am proud of what I achieved as a wrestler because my really my greatest opponent was myself right and it wasn't really about stacking up wins it was about going out there and giving a 100% and proving something to myself and be and beating uh, this weakness that I had inside of me and it was about that integrity and so you know it kind of built that idea of integrity with me where anything less than a hundred percent isn't going to cut it and i know when i've given a hundred percent it's it's one thing to fail at a thing because it doesn't work out it's another thing to fail at a thing because you gave up in the latter of those two you are the failure yeah um, and so the only way to trump that is to make sure that you are not the failure. Uh, and so that was kind of, you know, uh, never dealing, never giving up, uh, integrity, um, facing fear, you know, sometimes, uh, you, sometimes you're facing some dude who you're pretty sure is going to kick the crap out of you, right? Um. And you just got to step forward and do it anyway. Um, And you just move forward. And that's all there is to it. Uh, Dealing with physical pain, we're going to get to that at the end, actually, when we do the cookies. Um, Yeah. So integrity without self-deception, putting God first. And um, yeah, so actually I am going to go, so we're pretty much at the end, but there is actually one more story that I that I did want to tell. It's in my book, in the first book, Blessed, uh, available now on Amazon, as well as the second book, Cursed, and the third book, One, Blessed, Cursed, One. All part of the series Blessed and Cursed and One, now available on Amazon. Just look up Blessed and Cursed and One by Oliver Tanner on Amazon, and you will find it. Yes. Um. Anyway, uh, so the last story, and this is in the book, is the story of uh, there was a match where um, Coach Kolb almost had to call an ambulance uh, for me, um, and we uh, got so in this match. i got in a position with the other wrestler where i couldn't uh get him on his back he couldn't get me on my back and when you get to that point this happens sometimes in matches so the ref will call a stalemate mm-hmm. right and he's saying look neither side is progressing so he'll call a stalemate he'll stop the match and he'll have you both go back to the center of the mat uh neutral position both of you standing facing each other okay and uh, so the ref called a stalemate and we went to the center but the thing was while I wasn't able to turn him and I wasn't allowing him to turn me um, the other thing that was going on was the position that we were in he was actually cutting off uh, all of my air and restricting blood flow and uh, so we got up i was uh staggering and kind of stumbling and clearly uh not quite 100% there i get i i mean i remember everything was kind of moving around i could kind of see in front of my feet and i managed to get to the center and i put my uh my foot on the line there and i'm just you know i'm kind of wobbling around i got my hands in front of me like I'm going to wrestle and and so Coach Kolb, he comes to me and he uh, grabs me by the shoulders and he looks me in the face and he's like, okay, Tanner, we're going to wrestle on the count of three, right? And he's trying to hype me up saying, all right, come on, center yourself, let's go. And he goes, three, two, one, let's go. And then he lets go of me and I kept wobbling and I started falling over. And so he grabs me and he kind of picks me up and he's like, okay, Tanner. We're going to wrestle on three, three, two, one. And then, uh, I think he did that three times. And then, uh, I, I still wasn't improving and he was like, y- you can't wrestle anymore. And so that was my one and only match I ever had to forfeit. And, uh, then he and somebody else kind of helped me, mostly dragged me, uh, off the mat and laid me on. So we had a warm up mat on the side right and so they laid me on the warm-up mat and i remember laying there and i could kind of see the ceiling and there's like the beams and the lights in the gym you know Mm -hmm. and everything is like kind of swirling lights and can't really hear much of anything and i see the coach's wife's face poke in over my field of view and there's the girl who's kind of the trainer uh of the team, I don't remember. Where. She would help us to, like tape up hands and feet and stuff like that. Um, so she came over and she was helping out. And then I see a couple of other faces poke in around me of moms of other players on the team. So my parents only went to two matches my whole time wrestling,
0: uh-huh.
1: and this was one of them. Uh-huh. I did not see my mother's face. I saw other people's mothers' faces. Yeah right i didn't know what was going on and then i hear somebody say oh my gosh he's turning blue he's not breathing he's not breathing and they're all freaking out and and it, the weird thing was i was totally calm in my mind and i was just laying there and i was like you know most of the time i was like you idiot what did you do how i don't even know what's going on but what did you get yourself into this time you know and why why didn't she just you know whatever and i'm playing through Uh and and i had this weird calm and this weird uh almost delusional rationality if that makes any sense as i'm laying there and then somebody says he's not breathing and i thought about it for a minute and i was like you know what i'm not breathing and so i i told myself to breathe and I, I started breathing, and, uh, you know, Coach Kolb was actually just go- heading to the phone to call an ambulance for me. Um, and, you know, I don't know, maybe this uh, story's kind of straying a little bit, but it was, you know, in that moment, it was, and it was his wife uh, who I heard speaking. Mm-hmm. It was his wife that kind of called me back, right? But it was, it was Coach Kolb, and it was his wife. And when I was there, I, I i mean, I was in a bad position, not breathing, turning blue. Uh, who knows where that could have gone if I hadn't had the presence of mind to tell myself, oh, hey, moron, you're supposed to breathe here. Remember that? So that could have been. And my parents didn't care and my parents weren't going to do anything. Uh, but my coach was there and uh you know just it's just another one of those things um, about uh you know I don't know just that relationship with him
0: another representation
1: yeah, for cookies for this week, um I wanted to make something that would help to illustrate some of the things that I learned from him uh, i made so i I think we've done my habanero chocolate chip yes. cookies up yes. here, right? Uh-huh. So I decided this time, you know what? That isn't my limit. Let's push past the limits. Let's see how far we can push this thing. And so I made Carolina Reaper cookies. So we bought some Carolina Reapers. Uh, I made cookies with them. And we, uh, when we do our habanero chocolate chip cookies, we have a process whereby we bring the heat down, right? um and i did that with the carolina reaper cookies most of them there was a little bit of dough that i set aside and i did one carolina reaper just for so it's actually one whole carolina reaper in three three, for three cookies oh my god so so these ones are going to be like full strength yeah uh so i posted a picture on facebook and somebody commented, flamethrower cookies. Yeah. That's pretty much what I'm expecting. Uh. Okay. And so we're going we're gonna to eat these cookies and I'm going to talk a little bit about the thing that I skipped over, which is dealing with physical pain, uh, what I learned from Coach Kolb. And I, I did this uh, for two reasons. One, to illustrate that lesson that I learned from him. And uh, two... Um, because I think he'd think it was hilarious. <laughs> he'd probably get a kick out of it. And I will actually, before we do that, I do want to comment. Um, one of the things that was difficult for me over the past couple of weeks and difficult when he died was, you know, we talked a little while ago about regrets, living without regrets. And the fact of the matter is I do have. really big regret um, connected to him and it was so last year a year ago actually we went back to California and we went to uh, try to something with my dad before he died okay we've talked about that before well while we were there uh we talked about oh we should go to bodega bay and try to you know i know that he would have loved to have me come and fish with him on his boat and i wanted to go i really wanted to go so bad Um, i wanted to go see him again i wanted to go spend some time with him i wanted to talk to him i wanted to i wanted you to be able to meet him uh because of how important he is and has been for me and I wanted you to know this person who is so important to me and we didn't do it Uh, and we didn't do it because uh, you know we were like oh no that's too much money because I didn't want to go and ask him to let me go fish on his boat for free when uh, this is his living you know and I wanted to go at a time when I felt like I had achieved something when I had done something with my life when I could go to him and I could say I took the lessons you taught me and I did something good with them." and um, I didn't really feel like I could go and do that I mean so many things that I've done have just turned to absolute failure over the years, and, you know, uh, I wanted to go, and I wanted him to be proud of, uh, what I had accomplished, you know, and what I'd done, and, you know, I know he would have been, you know, even if we had just visited him, um, And yeah, I, I really deeply regret, uh, not going and, uh, you know, saying whatever. Uh, and, and, you know, at the time I was like, nah, you know, we'll come back to California some other time and I'll do it then. I I just need to get some things together in my life. We had, you know, we had been talking about this podcast. We had some other ideas. I was like, no, when those things pan out, then I'll go back to California and we'll have that fishing trip. And it never happened. And I wish more than anything that I could go back and... And do that fishing trip with him. So, anyway, um, now that I'm tearing up anyway, we should probably eat some hot cookies and make an excuse for it. So, we have our cookies. And we've got some milk with these. I don't remember which one is the full strength one you want to try first no I'm just kidding I do. Remember. <laughs> all right so doesn't this look delicious they are really pretty Carolina reaper chocolate chip cookie full strength
0: well mine isn't
1: yours isn't <laughs> full bore pardon the expression balls to the wall
0: Okay, you go you ready
1: yeah alright so um, now I'm going to talk about what I learned about pain from Coach Kolb okay so uh, there were times when you know in the middle of a wrestling match that's really good um, when you would have people doing all kinds of things that would cause you pain. You know, you'd be sitting there, somebody's trying to rip off your head, wrench your arm off, whatever. And, um, you can get caught up in the pain and go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. (coughs) That's hot. And you can get caught up in the pain and freak out and panic. (laughs) And, um... I'm a little sick. I tried this earlier. This one's a lot spicier. And you can freak out and you can panic and you can do all sorts of things, right? And, and you're going to lose your focus and you're going to lose, right? Or uh, you can, you, if you concentrate, you can actually separate yourself from the pain. And this is one thing that we talked about a lot is that pain is all in your mind. Okay? And if you want, you can separate. And I remember times when I was sitting there, somebody's trying to rip off my arm. And I sit there and it's almost like I'm outside of myself. And I go, okay, look at the position you're in. What are you gonna do now? And sometimes pain gets so intense that you just gotta say, you know what this hurts the pain is there and you got to count to five. One, two, three, four, five. and those five seconds are never going to come back we've passed that so now let's try to go five more seconds one two three four five And if I could make it through that, then I can make it through the next five seconds. And we go a little bit at a time. And I've used this actually over the years, many, many times. I've had a lot of surgeries, right, Char? Mm Mm-hmm. And with every surgery, I take pain meds once and then never again, because they always just make me feel sick. I don't like them. And instead, I just deal with the pain. And I deal with the pain through this same method that I'm employing now and that I've employed and that I learned in wrestling. Look, this burns, okay? I've, I feel this. Okay, I do. I feel all the pain in my mouth. I mean, they're freaking Carolina Reapers. (laughs) Those those aren't cherry chips, guys. Um, And this is full strength, okay? I feel all of it. But I can control how I react. And I control what i do i don't have to freak out run around like an idiot or go oh my gosh oh my gosh it's so on i can't stand it oh my gosh what am i gonna do right you could do that that's how
0: i'm if, feeling right now if you choose it
1: <laughs> or you can or you can say oh i choose not to do that i feel <laughs> it but i am the master of myself This cookie doesn't control me. The pain doesn't control me. I control me. And when you can do that.
0: Are you sweating? Sometimes
1: uh, emotional pain is a little bit more difficult. Psychological things can be a little bit more difficult. But physical pain, if you can handle that, there's a lot that you can handle. You just ate that whole thing, and then you can enjoy a whole cookie. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I did. just eat that whole thing, and it's actually—it actually is a really good cookie.
0: Yes, it is. I'm surprised because at home I could only, when I tried it, I could only have a bite. Um, I'm surprised I went that far. It's in my throat now.
1: And look, so my mouth is burning. My lips are burning, okay? I should give you a kiss right now.
0: No. I don't think I'm going to kiss you for a day.
1: That's harsh. Anyway, look, my mouth is probably going to be burning for a while. My mouth is on fire, okay? I'm not sweating right now. I'm actually really surprised by that.
0: Well, it's Um, chilly out here.
1: I'm surprised that I don't have... A couple tears come out. Because sometimes, if things do get hot enough... I Sometimes you can't stop that uh, reaction. It's going (laughs) to burn for a while. It may well burn when it comes out later. Okay? (laughs) And uh, whether this burns for the next hour... Whether it burns later coming out... Whatever the case may be... I... And the master of myself. And I don't have to freak out. And I can handle the pain because I know how. And whatever pain it is that you have, you can handle that too. You can master that too. You don't have to freak out just because there's pain. And, you know, it's just another one of those lessons of self-mastery, self-control. Never would have learned it if I hadn't wrestled um so you
0: didn't even drink hardly any of your milk
1: no well i got a couple sips milk <laughs> is good Yum.
0: it's burning down my esophagus or whatever
1: just count to five one two three four five and you never have to go back to that And if you can get through that, then you can get through the next five seconds. And if you can get through that, then you can get through the next five seconds after that. And sometimes in life, you just got to break it down like that, you know? And that's just the way that it has to be. Um, And that's, this is how I learned and this is how I deal with pain. Uh, Another thing that I learned from Coach Colt. So, anyway, thank you guys for joining us. Um, I hope you maybe learned a little bit more about me. Um, and, you know, I guess this episode is my tribute to Coach Kolb. Um, thank you, Coach, for shaping me, for making me who I am in a lot of ways. Uh, thank you for your influence, and um, we're going to close out with our motto, memento mori, tus vivere, which is, um, remember you will die, until then live. And uh, I can do it, coach.